abstinence works. And I am proof of that. And you are proof of yep. that. And I was an opiate user. I love drugs. I right. love opiates. <laughs> you know what I mean? If yeah. I could oh, I opiates know. for the yes. rest of my life, I would totally do it. And the yeah. thing is, is that it, it, it's, it's, you're absolutely right. It's giving people an excuse, yep. a backdoor to go, you know, what? I'm never going to get clean. They told me I'm never going to get clean. The right. minute the person of the health, the czar of health in BC, who is a doctor is telling me it won't work. So why should I even try? Don't hide the scars, a weekly podcast focused on addiction and recovery created by the nonprofit pain parents and addicts in need and founded by Flint Anderson. Oh, Alexis Root. Thank you for joining founder of parents and addicts in need Flint Anderson and myself, Jason, the chance on don't hide the scars. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Ah, uh, boy. Well, geez, you and I've known each other about a year. We got all kinds of stuff. We're going to get into everything from the struggle during the holidays and all over the place, but uh, let's start harm reduction because you are you're very active where you're at in Vancouver with really trying to educate, and you've seen how the politicians have uh, screwed it up for lack of a better yeah better wording. Yep. Yeah. So I'm from Vancouver. Um, our downtown east side is uh, comparable to the Skid Row in L.A. Um, it is a, you know, hyper, uh, it's a hyper zone. For, let me just turn. I can hear. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can hear it. Um, I am so sorry. Uh, edit that out. Don't just get Okay. So um, <laughs> in Vancouver, we have an opioid crisis. We have had one for a long time. Uh, back in the early 2000s, we had about 100 overdose deaths. And that was considered to be massive. Right. So what they did is they implemented a four pillar approach. Um, so what that is, is is treatment, it's prevention, it's harm reduction and enforcement. Mm -hmm. OK, so um, what if that was implemented all, you know, all four of those, it would probably be successful. Sure. However, uh, what happened is. You know, when we get these nonprofits going, they get funded federally and provincially, right? So, or by the state, they get funded and they get grants and they get money. And so what happens is in order for you to hire people on and to keep getting funding, you need clients, you need people accessing those services. So you don't make money off of people getting well, you make money right. off of people staying sick. So what they've done is gone towards a harm reduction only approach, which means uh, safe supply that they entered into in COVID, uh, which means safe injection sites, which means uh, DRTs, so OAT, right? So opiate replacement therapy. Uh, so if you right now with have an opiate addiction, say you've got a 16 year old, I've got, I've got, I've got kids, right? Uh, and now we know that, you know, the gateway drug isn't like, he used to like smoke weed and then you'd move on to psychedelics and then you'd maybe right. try out alcohol, move on to powders or whatever. But now it's like weed, fentanyl. It's just right. yeah. how it goes. Right. Um, so, so what happens? So you've got the 16 year old kid who's been on uh, opiates for six months. I don't know. 
And, and the kid goes, I want to get clean. You cannot just go in and detox from opiates. You are mandated a taper of drug replacement therapy. So suboxone or methadose or methadone. Mandate, ma- actually mandated? You cannot go into detox unless you sign an agreement to do a taper. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. And for treatment centers, in order for them to get funding to bring people in from welfare, they need to offer suboxone and drug replacement therapy as well. Now, the way some people are doing it are doing a massive, really quick doctor uh, oversee taper. So like one week, get off it, right? Hmm. But others are keeping them on for the entire treatment stay. And so you've got this kid who's 16 using the drugs for six months. And what are they going to do? They only have to do a two, three-year taper. Yeah. And while uh, for, for a drug that's still a drug, Suboxone yeah. is still a yeah. drug. Yeah. Methadone is still a drug. It's a drug. It's still an opiate. Like the methadone is an opiate. Yeah. Yeah. They use it, it for is. pain treatment. Right. So now what they're going to try to get through grade 12 while they're on the drug replacement therapy it's for and, and prolong their using by three years when they've only been on it for six months is absolutely insane. They've decriminalized yeah. drugs up here. So now that the drugs are decriminalized, but they didn't put anything in motion for after that decriminalization. Right, so right. the decriminalization is in there. Now police are glorified social workers. So they're walking around the streets. They can't do anything. Right. And, and there's no treatment past the decriminalization. So it's just a bunch of lawlessness. You just walk around and use dope. And uh, Bonnie Henry, and I'm not going to directly quote this because I'm going to get this wrong. But Bonnie Henry, who is our, he, like Adrian Dix and Bonnie Henry managed the BC Health, okay, in, yeah. in British Columbia. And Bonnie Henry, Henry made a statement saying that abstinence is not an option for opiate users. It doesn't work. Yeah. What are and you kidding me? That's yeah. the hot button Google I was it. waiting for Google, you to get on. Google I, the Bonnie Henry quote. I can't right now because I'm on my phone. How do you spell this name? So, so Bonnie Henry, like uh, Alexis was saying, is the, you know, like I would look at her like the czar of, of yeah. the behavioral health in, in Canada. And yeah. so I had just. Oh, uh, no, no, British Columbia. British Columbia. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah. I had just met our mutual friend that you introduced, Giuseppe, and he had filled me in on this and sent me that quote. So, yeah. So it's 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 this. It's not an I'm pissed. Yeah. So it's it you doesn't know. work. She's telling opiate users that do not even try abstinence based recovery because it won't work for you. When 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 you tell an opioid addict that. That is music to our ears. No doubt. That's music to our ears. It's yeah. like fan fan fucking tastic. Okay, now I don't have to get clean. I never have to get clean. I've got a lifetime supply of drugs coming my way and they're not even going to check me if I'm d- using both suboxone and heroin or and fentanyl or and Vicodin or whatever the case may be because that's what we do. We bounce back and forth between the two. Well, you're taking the safe supply and then you're doubling it and you're selling it and then you're getting and then you're buying fentanyl off the street, which now. okay, so now those hundred drug use, those hundred overdose in a year. Right now we're seeing double that in a month. Yeah. So we're having like sixteen hundred overdose in a year. And you're trying to tell me that that works. 
Yeah. Right. It's about money. It's about money. It's about keeping the big pharma happy. Yeah. It's about the kickbacks from the Suboxone to the doctors. Oh, yeah. It's about and, and keeping these nonprofits going so they can keep the funding going so they can keep the funding from the federal coming so that they can keep money flowing, keep people sick and not actually get people better. And in fact, abstinence works and i am proof of that and you are proof of yep. that and i was an opiate user i love drugs i right. love opiates <laughs> you know what i mean if yeah. i oh, had opiates know. for the yeah. rest of my life i would totally do it and the yeah. thing is is that it, it, it's it's you're absolutely right it's giving people an excuse yep. a backdoor to go you know what? i'm never gonna get clean they told me i'm never gonna get clean the right. minute the person of the health the czar of health in bc who is a doctor is telling me it won't work so why should i even try new perceptions north the premier drug and alcohol treatment and recovery center in central california a full continuum of medically supervised top quality care with programs for detox inpatient residential treatment with dual diagnosis intensive outpatient treatment sober living support groups and more with 50 plus years of combined experience and sobriety flint anderson and thelma gatlin wilson provide adult men and women with the highest caliber of professional health care treating each client with compassion and respect in a safe, comfortable environment to begin the process of recovery, to proudly create and sustain a life without addiction, call 559-978-1507 or visit newperceptionsnorth.com. You know, and, and, and I, I, I can almost guarantee it, you know, our government is going to hear that and they're going to go down the same damn road here. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's almost inevitable. They're going to do the same thing that happened up there. They're going to go, wow, Portugal did this really yeah. awesome job. Let's model what they're doing. And they're going to screw it up. They're oh, going to yeah. blatantly screw it up without actually looking at the whole of what was done. Like you said, you know, I mean, you've studied it more closely than I have. But there is a reason, you know, it wasn't it's not like in Portugal. You can just go shoot up on the streets. You can't. They'll get you. you. They'll take you in. But they're not going to take you to jail. They're going to take you to treatment. And if you don't do treatment, guess where you go? Jail. jail. Yeah. So there's rep, there, it's it's like a, a step in the process to be like, OK, and and they get employment services going. So it's not just treatment. It's treatment. It's treatment for the families, because we know this is a family disease It's treatment for the families. And it's also and it's also destigmatizing it for the family, because we know that people are like, oh, we don't want to actually talk about Jimmy that's going to treatment. Right. right so right. it's a destigmatization for the families so that we can start talking about this. And then it's getting them employed and having them have have to go like a probation have to go to work to make the money to build the foundation to get some time in so that then they start building some self-esteem and some self-worth because we know that self-esteem and self-worth doesn't come on day one right, right. it comes right. later down the road so by just being oh we're just going to decriminalize it and offer safe supply because we don't want people dying we're just we're killing people and Does there's any, a documentary did, that's called Vancouver is Dying, and it's fabulous, and it's on YouTube. And there's also one called Seattle is Dying, because this is a, and you guys are from California, like you're on the Pacific Coast, you know that this is a coast issue. This is a sure port is. issue. This is happening in Seattle, San Francisco, the book San Francisco, right? Yeah, right? right. San Francisco is a mess. Right. right. Like it's all down the coast. And if we don't get a grip on this now, you wait, because in 10 years, it's 10, 10 X. Wait another 10 years. 
You know, you know, Alexa, look, I've been around a long time and the, 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 the fact is, well, first of all, I want to ask this is anybody in your area, anybody questioning this lady is and is anybody throwing this back in her face saying, Hey, ass wipe. Okay. You know, how, how stupid are you? Yeah, we have a movement. We do recovery day in BC. We work with uh, MPs. We work with the absence-based recovery is working. However, the government doesn't support hearing that voice, right? Yeah, so yeah. we had a round table maybe eight years ago with Mayor Gregor Roberts, uh, Robertson, and, and he, um, he was the mayor at the time. They've, we've had a bunch since then. But I was a part of that. You could just go. It was, he opened it up and he had a bunch of speakers there. And then he had people from the general public coming in. And we were sort of trying to figure out what to do with this problem, quote unquote, problem. Right. right what right. are we going to do here? And he invited MAD. So Mothers Against Drunk Driving. He invited the safe supply. He invited the safe injection sites. He invited the VPD. He invited the government. He invited everybody. You know who he didn't invite as a speaker? He didn't invite one abstinence based program. Right, right. And what the last mayor was doing was the last mayor who just got out and we have a brand new mayor. And I'm really hoping that this guy hears us is the last one was trying to defund the police. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It's just nutty. It's just nutty. So so now I think that the pendulum has swung a little bit. Uh, Hopefully we'll see what happens. But the police at that time came up. The VPD um, came up and spoke at the chief and said, you have. And he was the one that said it. You have everyone here except for abstinence. Why don't you have abstinence here? That's a valid option. And it's just it doesn't make money. Yeah. 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 It's it's amazing. These a lot of these 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 governments, they will not allow or they never invite people that are in recovery in to speak at 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 these things. Yeah. You well, know. They look at it like it's a like we are the exception, not the rule. And that's not the case. Right. And the the thing for me being in a 12 step fellowship is we're taught to keep it quiet. We're taught for traditions to keep it quiet and not to talk about it. Um, at least, you know, I've been going to recovery meetings since I was 17 and I'm 40. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need to be speaking out loud. We need to recover oh, yeah. out loud. And this is why podcasts like this are so important. And people talking about their sobriety and their, their, their experience, their strength, their hope, everything really out loud. Right. Um, it is so critical in order to change policy because if we stay silent, they want us to stay silent. Yeah. Sure. But you know, and, and, and but the, the problem is, and you know, the, the, the problem with this is, is that we always wait. I don't care if it's Canada or if it's the United States or Timbuktu, we always wait to the last minute. We always wait till we're neck deep in the middle of something before we try to affect any change. And again, I'll just use me as the example. I've been talking about this for 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 over ten years, and 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 it's taken well fourteen years. It's it's taken thirteen years to get to this point. Look, thirteen years from now, look, you two are the ones that are going to be in this. Thirteen years from now, I'm going to be dead. Okay, you you, you don't know that you know yeah. well yeah, but maybe but but you two are the ones that are going to be neck deep in this battle. And I, I almost feel bad for you because I don't see this stuff changing. I see it going towards what you guys are doing in British Columbia. 
I see the United States following suit and and you guys and everybody else at your age are are in for a world of shit here. Yeah. When, when, when it comes to all this stuff, and unless you can get something changed, I just don't know how we're going to do there it. There has to be a real wake up for everybody on a lot of this. And because uh, I'm a fan, I'm going to use him as an example. So Alexis, our governor here in California, <laughs> he was on Adam Carolla's podcast and Adam was grilling him perfectly. And, he, and they were talking about the face of homelessness and Adam Carolla was talking about the mentally ill and the drug addict. And he goes, Gavin Newsom, no, 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 no. It's, it's I don't see that. Really? Okay, who is it? And he goes, it's the single mother of three. And I, I thought about this for a long time. And I think about it with the same with the people that this is the harm reduction policy, which you guys are having, which we're starting to see signs of is, Single mother of three is registered to vote. I guarantee you that homeless person on the street, the mentally ill addict combination, they they do not. Right. And that in turn goes back to money. Well, it's really easy to blame it on single moms. It's also easy to blame the prison, the, how many people are in prison on single moms. And it's really easy to, to you know, and and whatever. It, it's not single parents. It's addiction. It's people that are getting free checks from the government to do nothing and use drugs. And, the, you know, it's real nice in California when it's nice and sunny and they're getting all these services. You know, yep. it's easy to keep people homeless. And then you've got these tent cities. You know, we had some we had an officer stabbed in the neck and killed two months ago in B.C. doing a wellness check in a tent city like, mm. you know, and then they go, well, how many police officers are killing the homeless? Get out of oh, here. Oh, like, get out of here. You know, what? It's, it's these progressive right wing encampment activists that are very loud and we could take a note from them. By the way, they're very loud and aggressive in the way that they um, act, are active in the community and getting their point across. The problem is, is that nobody wants to piss them off. So everybody just lets them do whatever they want to do. And then the rest of Vancouver is either nobody can walk downtown. You talk about me in 20 years. I worry about my 17 year old daughter in 20 right, years right. who is going to, you know, she's got, she's got accepted to university and she wants to get a bachelor of social work. And I'm like, please don't right, like, right. please. I don't want you working in that because I don't know what it's going to be like. And then you're good. I don't want the repercussion. I mean, we need good people. And she has seen what I've gone through and that's her motivation to help other people. And, you know, being a kid of the system and blah, blah, blah. But I worry about her. I worry about what she's going to be working with. Mm, it's yeah. just nuts. It's just nuts. And, and, you know, you're not going to get on top of it by placating people. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But people want that. They want that. It, it, yeah. It's nice. It feels good to just simply be placated as opposed to leadership that calls to people to be a part of the solution as opposed to going, Elect me, I'm the solution. And I don't know. When did I, we got away from that 80s in the late 80s, <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing here in the United States yeah. where I started to see more of that. Yeah. Right. And um, I and I and I wonder too, you know, the, the the people that are out there that kind of started this whole harm reduction movement, e even the ones that that how how do I put this? Even the ones that don't agree with uh, 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 safe injection sites. They, they, they don't, they don't agree with, with some of the philosophies of, of the total 
absurdity of of harm reduction. But I'm wondering how much they think that they're the damage they're doing by even talking about the harm reduction. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think. Listen, I think that we are killing people through altruism, and mm. we it it is we're just going to help everybody to death. And you know yeah. what? I was I was almost helped. Like my parents, they I I think I told Jason this before. My parents when I was 17 years old, they read this book by Colin Powell, and I swear Colin Powell ruined my life because he's <laughs> the one that brought in uh the tough love, right? Tough love. Yeah. And you know, I was a 17-year-old kid that moved out on their own that needed help for this and this and this, and my parents were like go to treatment or get fucked really like that was how it was right and it was hard for them and as a parent now I think like oh my god I couldn't how would I you know but you have to do that and so that's what we're doing we're enabling our we're enabling this community to death through our altruism where we feel really good about ourselves and it's 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 not helpful right yeah and that's why I choose to when I do my own um charity work and stuff i choose to help people that are seeking absence-based recovery because also once you notice this there's tons of services for people that are using but then you get clean and then it's like oh pull up your bootstraps and get your shit together and go out there and be a member of society uh like okay so i what's next yeah i choose to help people that are in recovery seeking seeking that and and that's not to say there's not a place for harm reduction. There is, but it's not a hundred percent, right? Yeah, right. It's a, it's, yeah. it's the stepping stone. Right. Yeah. And I think that that it's just uh, the methods and things that we're seeing. Whereas I don't, I I'll speak for myself, but I believe you're not against it either. But in this iteration, yes. Yeah. I you know what what is wrong with abstinence? At the end of the day, let's move people there. Let's meet them where they're at. But let's move them there. Move them towards abstinence. But look, if it's if 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 harm reduction, methadone, Zaboxone, whatever, if that's going to keep the sixty-year-old street person off fentanyl, off the needle, then I don't have a problem with that. What I have a serious problem with is that eighteen-year-old to even fifty-year-old that we are going to strap people for the rest of their lives. To, to two substances that you better have with you or you can't go on vacation. If you forget your shit, okay, you're in trouble, right? Why would we strap a 25-year-old to this mess? I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I just don't get it. I got clean because I was stuck in a two-block radius and I didn't get yeah. clean to stay in that two-block radius. You know, mm-hmm. like in 2019, before COVID, I traveled 26 times on a plane. 26 times. And I've got four kids. That means week on week off every week. I didn't have my kids. I was in Phoenix. I was in LA. I was in Mexico. I was over like I was somewhere. And that is freedom for me. And I can do what I want when I want, how I want. If my sponsor tells me I can. (laughs) 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 But but I don't. Yeah. Like this, this whole sense of like, oh, let's, let's keep someone sick. No, let's give them the freedom that abstinence brings. Let's give them the freedom to go and dream and do whatever they want to do. Because I had that gift given to me that I can do whatever I want to do. And then I can give those to my kids. And I'll tell you what, like they they have bigger dreams than I would have. She has a 95% grade point average. That comes from the 
principles that recovery has taught me that I've taught her or even, you know, just for her being in the room. So, yeah. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at painnonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction. Wow, you guys got a you guys got a mess up there. We got a mess down here. I, I I mean, it's just it's just messy everywhere. And and like I said, I just don't know how we're gonna we're we're gonna get ourselves out of this mess. I I I it 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 truly bothers me every single day. I mean, I was telling Jason earlier, I mean, I'm up last last night sitting outside, you know, trying trying to figure this stuff out. What more can we do? What how 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 we can circumvent things, how we can get the the more politicians involved. And and again, I don't mean to be the the downer side to things here, but I'm I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing I'm seeing a lot of movement still towards awareness, which we're so far past at this point. We're pretty we're, aware. When right. Macklemore is singing about it, we're pretty aware, you know? Yeah. Right, right. But but what's it going to take to get, I mean, seriously, does one of Newsom's kids have to die? Does one, of, does one of Biden's kids have to die? Bef- be- well, before anything else? I mean, did that happen? <laughs> well, Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, the laptop, we're not going to get into that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, socially killed. Um, yeah, I I think really what needs to happen is that people that are that are active in the recovery community need to stop arguing with each other about yep. what's the right pathway to recovery. We need to mobilize together and band together. I know up up here it's like, well, this treatment center and this treatment center and this treatment center is better and this and this right. and this. Same Maybe thing, start yeah. getting together and and do work together and collaborate so that there and that's what we do at Recovery Day up here. We there was twenty thousand people that showed up to Recovery Day um, where we had. Uh, what I don't know who you guys would even know, but the, um, we've had like Matthew Goodbat, all the, all these different bands that played up here, and we had a big concert, and all these people showed up, and most of those people were not people in recovery, but they were, but everybody has recovery touched them in some addiction touches everyone in some way or another. So if we can stop fighting amongst each other, get together as one group, and then mobilize, I think that's the way we need to stop stop this here first well look we we have the same problem right here in fresno california and we've had it so so back in 2009 when i started this thing that was one of my my first goals was to bring the 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 few treatment centers we had here together everybody kind of nobody wanted to do it everybody was worried about somebody taking somebody else's client away Right. And right. And so so after about five years of doing that, I just kind of slowly went went in my direction because I'm doing something different than anybody else was doing. So Mm -hmm. and and this is going to really sound bad. I may get letters for this. (laughs) Okay, but. When when I see whether it's in Canada, whether it's here. When I see, for example, a group of people that are in recovery 
that are that are gathering in large groups. I think that our government, I can't speak on yours, but I think our government sees that as a bunch of uneducated, some addicts, some in recovery, but a bunch of uneducated idiots, okay, sitting out there protesting, showing signs, doing whatever, and our government is not going to deal with those people. Totally. It's not a protest. It's a party. It's a, right. We have a kid zone. We have uh, food trucks, and we invite the government down. And then they come, and they go on wow. stage, and they make their little – we really appreciate you keep your recovery going and then nothing happens. Then nothing so happens. it's right. just, you know, it's a nice little platform for them to come on and say what they need to say to get that vote and then move along. So it people, a lot more people are going to have to die. I think is what's going to end up happening. And I think you're right. I think people empower their family members need to pass away in order yeah. for something to happen. And it's really sad. Well, you know, we're at over, uh, uh, what, 110,000 is the estimate yeah. in the United States for last year. I mean, how right. many more do we need? We are right. so pissed off about COVID, right. uh, yeah. which not making light of people that got sick, the elderly primarily, and it, it it's unfortunate. You know, it's right. it sucks. But come on, guys. Like, why isn't this prevalent right. on the want? news in the way well, that it was for COVID? Because right. it's not as it's not as fancy not, and it doesn't and you're getting rid of the population that you don't want to deal with. Right. right? Yeah. You, do, you want grandma and grandpa there. You don't want the addicts there. It's like, oh, this is this is kind of nice. Wiping out the population. It's like population control. It's like we're, we're getting rid of the problem. Look at that movie with Michael Keaton. It was on Disney Plus. What What was it called? Dope Sick on Hulu, dope the sick. TV show. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the at the end of Dope Sick. OK. And. And he's driving the person to the to the tree. He talks to the to yeah. person in the 12 step program and it's dark and the music is and they're like, right. no, that doesn't work. And then they're driving to the Suboxone clinic and it's airy right. and the, the it's, you know, it's like nice music. They the narrative to the regular Joe Blow is that works. This right, is what's right. going to right. So it's right. like we have to change it in the media. We have to change it in so many different areas. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I didn't think about that scene in that regard. Good. Po either. Very valid point. Great, great point. That they, yeah. They made it look dark and grizzly and like. Uh, oh, those bad AA people. Yeah. Right. Some right. of the most fun I've had and nutty people that I just love. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it in a good way where we don't end up in handcuffs at the end of the night <laughs> uh, has been through sobriety. You know, it's like totally. it's not a dark time. You know, it's like some, you know, some of the stories in. Just characters. It's it's the best, man. Well, you know, we do we do have an assemblyman here named Jim Patterson, who's a dear friend of ours. And and this is a man that is actually doing something in Sacramento and trying to do it. But the, the but the problem there is that Jim is a Republican and we've got such a Democratic, you know, uh, system here that he he really can't get anything going. He's busting his butt, you know, trying to do it and he's not stopping which I just give him all the credit in the world for. Um, but, but, but I just don't understand how, I mean, I, I went with Jim, this is a few years ago, just to propose a couple of bills 
for uh, to, to increase jail sentences for drug dealers of fentanyl and carfentanil. And we, we were we were shot down in less than 30 minutes. We didn't even make it out of committee um, because these people just didn't get it. They just it's too expensive. We, 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 we you know, we can't afford to put people in jail any longer for for a simple drug charge. And I and I'm sitting there going, this is making it a murder charge. It's a it's murder. Okay. I I I mean, and 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 one assembly person literally had the balls to say this. They looked at me and they go, Not every drug dealer is evil, are they? (laughs) I swear to God, I looked at this assemblyman and I I said, Sir, I said, that is the definition of evil. I I I I said they know exactly what they're giving their client. Yeah. That's the mentality of, of, of politicians though. I I, I mean, yeah. It's, and it's yeah, no different yeah. up here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in fentanyl, what was it when, uh, was Julian that was talking about it? We, uh, podcast that we had just released. He's talking about uh, as a fentanyl addict, he looked up what the, the, the overdose amount was and pushed it right up to the level right. fully knowing that it is poison, but he had to take it there. And again, it's poison people. Thus, like you said, Alexis, how about we charge them for murder? Right. It's poison. And when they're getting these pills, like they are up there, like they are all over the world now, where they don't know how much is in there and it's over that amount, that is a poisoning. You right. have poisoned someone. Yep. Intentionally. Or and then you're and then you're weighing that on a scale, taking it off, not cleaning it, throwing weed on there, weighing that, putting that in bags, have the fentanyl on the weed, give that to a 15 year old kid and then they die. Cool. Right. You want to go look at their parents? You want to tell their parents that's not a murder charge? Right. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a uh, there, I dated I dated this doctor for about two minutes, but anyway, so I this with this doctor dude, not my type. Um, but he was he was in the ICU at Va- uh, Vancouver General Hospital, and he said to me, he "Goes, yeah, it's not people that are addicted that are dying from this. It's people that are not addicted that are using this on a on a recreational basis that are dying from this." Uh, an entire wedding party went to do coke in the bathroom, oh, and no. and only one survived. Wow. wow. Yeah. Entire wedding groom party, the groomsmen. And then, uh, yeah, 13 year old kid bought weed for the first time. Dead. Yeah. But, 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 but here, but here's the, here's the thing. You know, every, every, everybody's talking about this, the, the, the accidental side to this. Right. Okay. And I, and I get it. And, 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 but, but you, you are either stupid or have your head in the sand. All right. If you haven't heard the fact that fentanyl is being laced on cocaine. Totally. You, you are either stupid or brain dead. If you haven't heard, okay, that fentanyl is being laced on everything and that there are M30 pills out there. So my point, one of my points here is that these kids, they know exactly what they're taking. And they're still willing to take the chance. Well, here's the thing here as a parent of a 15 year old and a 17 year old, my 15 year old, God bless his soul. He isn't that bright. All right. <laughs> he is, like he isn't that bright. My my daughter, she doesn't drink. She doesn't do it. Right. My son, he's wearing these extra large baggy sweatpants. He's six one, 128 pounds because he's 15 and hasn't spilled out yet. He's wearing these extra large and he bends over and a vape falls out of his right in front of me. 
I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, you're an idiot. I was like, thank you very much. Put that in my pocket. Then he's like, what are you doing with that? What do you think I'm doing with that? He doesn't. He's not that bright. And when I was 15, I was using a lot of drugs and I had an idea that I would never like this invincible. I will sure. never die immortal. So sure. I put more weight on a grown adult that's like 25 that's taking the stuff that knows at the bar so that you can sober up a little bit to drink some more to whatever right right, right. then a 15 year old kid these kids and then what happens is these like the police officers come in with their little briefcase and they show them what the drugs look like they all know what it looks like they're like, right. get out of here like there needs to be and this is why like these panels of abstinence um from 12-step programs i think are really important in the high schools they do them up yeah. here where a panel from na will come in and we try to get kids people that are like 20 21 that are coming in that are clean young to go or they've gone through a youth program and talk about it there because they just my son if one person said to him here smoke this joint i don't think and he I don't think he'd ask where it came from, even sure. knowing that his mom is an ex opiate addict and his dad is an ex opiate addict. Like he's just God bless him. But he's a 15 <laughs> year old kid. You know what right. I mean? I, I mean, right. I'm not trying to be rude. I no, I, and I, I do it. think he's bright. I just I don't want to put him down. I just his friends are idiots. No, it's common. It's com it's com it's common. <laughs> it's common sense that they're that they're idiots in right now mm. okay because because yeah. again, they're they're 15 they're supposed to be that way you know yeah. I, I, that's that's exactly it my kids were idiots too at 15 I mean, <laughs> what do you mean you and i were idiots at 15. absolutely that's the yeah. biggest idiot of them all <laughs> yeah so. so i just think it's we need to be uh, yeah i think murder going back to the point of like murder charges yeah and like let's get these parents of the kids who have died from this to be talking about it on the news because that's the other thing we don't talk about this stuff on on mainstream media because it's not pretty and it's it, you know one of one of one of my things that i wanted to do this is a few years back and i was talking to the news people around here about it i would love this is especially when we were when when doctor shopping was a big thing I, I I wanted to print in the newspaper because you can that those records are out there. I wanted to find out how many doctors were over prescribing and you list that weekly in, in, in the in the local newspaper. Dr. Jones over here, he dispensed 7,422 10 milligram Norco. This doctor dispensed X amount here. So you see the numbers on there and you, then you're gonna go, holy shit. Okay. And now that, I know where to go get my dope from. And, well, of course. Okay. <laughs> of, of, of course. And I also thought that we needed to start, start printing every day, the number of deaths. Yeah. Because that would have given people an idea of, of, of what was going on. And we even did that with that COVID. On, of course yeah. we did it with COVID because hospitals yeah, were getting paid for it. Are, yeah. are hospitals getting paid for overdose deaths? I don't think so. Yeah. You, you know, but should we start paying them? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't we know. Them, we pay them to give out the fence and all. We're going to pay them for the right. deaths too. Right. Jeez. But it's just, it's, it's, it's just like speaking in the schools though, you know, because yeah. we've, we've done it for years, but, yeah. but you have to go in two, three, four times a year, because if you go in once a year, it's over their head in 15 minutes. 
and 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 the, that kid is on to the next thing. You're going to get your message across to, to 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 some of the kids, all right. But for the most part, they're they're down the road after two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, it's a holiday season, so let's switch <laughs> shift to cheeriness, huh? Yeah. You got your lovely tree in your background there. I do, yeah, yeah. Super mom uh, that you a are. Bunch of toys there in front of there too. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Holidays are really hard. I don't know. For me, like I was in treatment over the holidays one year, Hmm. having kids. It's like you don't want to stay in treatment. You have all this shame and guilt and and uh, you want to be home with them because of on Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate um, because of some social responsibility that we feel to be there or whatever. Um, and in reality, the biggest gift that we can give our families ki- and kids is sobriety, right? Yep. Is staying yeah. in treatment and staying clean. Um, and there's a lot of kids that just don't understand why mom or dad is in treatment over the holidays, right? Okay. I mean, as they get older, yeah, they, they, they get it. But a five, six, seven-year-old doesn't really understand. Uh, plus, during the holidays, <laughs> during the holidays, it's uh it, it's like that gloomy time of December. I don't know. I know you guys are I'm laughing because you guys are in California. It's sunny all the no, time it's, down no, there. No, it's it's gloomy where we're at. <laughs> it's gloomy. It's we're, cold. Yeah, this isn't Disneyland <laughs> right, area. Right. We're not next to the beach. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it, it's it's it, but you know, in Canada it's really cold, right? And so there's also this like seasonal depression that happens around this time and all that good stuff. So, so what I decided to do back in 2013 is my family loves to give my kids gifts that they don't like. <laughs> they just don't think and they just send, you know, and whoever is sending Play-Doh. My kids haven't played with play So I had all these toys and I didn't know what to do with them. Also, during the, the uh, Christmas or holiday season, we typically support women yeah Yeah. women get a lot men single dads don't really get that um and when someone's in treatment they you know are usually either they're on a welfare bed so they're getting 90 dollars a month to live off of up here this is just where i'm from or they are you know maybe losing an income from a household right like there's not it's it's really difficult to find treatment that's free unless you're on welfare so you're paying like twenty thousand dollars thirty thousand dollars for this treatment plus you're losing an income it's really expensive and then you've got christmas for these kids i checked into some christmas bureaus at the time and I was like, hey, can we like help out some of these families that are in treatment? And they can't because they're technically not living with their kids. <laughs> so, uh, which presents a problem, right? Like you want them to stay in treatment, but you can't get services if you're in treatment and not living with your kid. So what I did is I phoned a men's treatment center and I actually phoned Giuseppe and I said, yeah. hey, hey, G, like, can I have these toys? Can I come by? Yeah, no problem. Drop them off. We'll use them. So. Then I thought, okay, well, what about the other kids that are there? And so I reached out to some moms groups on Facebook when fa- Facebook was cool back then. And uh, and I said, hey, like, I need some help. These are the kids. These are their wish lists. These are their age. This is the gender they identify with. Um, like, what do you, can we help out? And I got that entire treatment center's kids filled and more. So 
I did it very accidentally. We're in our ninth year. This was not a planned thing. I didn't mean to do this. Um, but I have a really hard time at Christmas, even to this day. I don't know if it's because of my own mental illness or like seasonal depression or just like a lot of pressure from like society to like for my own kids to like bring them all. The it's just stressful. So mm -hmm. what this has done for me is like really deep deflect <laughs> on what's going on in my life and distract me um, and give me a mission and some purpose during this time of year so that I, I can personally get through it clean. Um, and this is our ninth year doing recovery kids with a Z, a Z in Canada. Um, and, uh, and I'm really proud of it. There's one center that we brought on the in two years after in 2015. It's a woman center on the downtown east side who houses females and their babies for up to a year um, mm. after the babies have been born addicted. And then they mm. give them education. They give them access to, yeah, free education and employment skills and then send them into, they can work while they're there at a certain time. And they really take care of the babies and they have daycare there while the parents work, mothers work. And so we help them out. We help out, uh, like now we help out nine treatment centers and that's just the center and as you know some centers have like seven houses right and so we help out all of them in their extended programs um so this year we're helping 400 kids nice. um we just had uh we brought on the north shore girls soccer club which is the north van soccer club it's for girls they raised two thousand dollars in gift certificates this year for us like now we're reaching out to different community before it was just like really in the in the 12-step community and the treatment sort of alumni that we would access the gifts from but now we have uh, my school's PAC, the Parent Advisory Council has brought us on, the Morgan Creek uh, PAC brought us on. Like there are so many people who, that addiction touches um, that we don't think about. And so, yeah, I'm really proud to say that we bring on community organizations to help us out that aren't affiliated with recovery, which caught, you know spreads more awareness. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Now it is a hard time of the year yeah, and uh, I'm, not sure how I'll feel this year. Last year was all right. Uh, Flint, I know you've been, you know, longer term, but there was some usage. Like, what are some tips maybe that you have to lend to people? Mm -hmm. Look, the ho the holidays can be either extremely joyous or just like, you know, or, or not. <laughs> and um, for those of us in recovery, um, my my suggestion is, one just slow it all down slow slow mm. everything down as much as you can uh take some time for yourself seriously you know um i i do my shopping uh late sometimes at night so so i'm not busting my ass well right. not oh, like late in the year like late at night like not no. close to not yeah. like right. december 24th right right go. you're such a man huh? yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no. Um, but no more, more than, look, the holidays have always affected me, uh, in, in a lot of different ways, but you know, especially Thanksgiving. Yeah. All right. That is not a good time of the year for me. Uh, Christmas is a little bit better, but I almost, I almost now look at it as, as it's, it's my family's not seen me in the old days. Okay. Now when they, when they see me, it, it is joyous, but I always make sure during the holidays that I'm always seen by everybody. 
I never yeah. go into a back room. I never go down to it to it to a bathroom that's down the hall somewhere without somebody knowing where I'm going because all those memories of me passing out during the holidays in a back bathroom or in a back bedroom somewhere, you know, still brings back some pretty traumatic stuff for me. Um, but again, my 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 biggest suggestion is just just slow it down. And if you don't get to everything, you don't get to everything. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not the end of the world here. It's your family would rather see you happy, healthy, and sober. All right. Yeah. Then give it, then, then them give a damn about some present you forgot to get. Yeah. Seriously. When I think that, you know, your trauma of being passed out in a back bedroom is also the trauma of your family of you, you being, um, you know, passed out in the back bedroom. So, I mean, so much too. She always tells me like, there's always a way out. Just remember, there's always an exit plan. There's yeah. always an exit strategy. Make sure that you have the phone number that you can call or, you know, you don't have to stay anywhere that you don't feel comfortable. Right. Um, that's really helped me. And then, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Like, I think yeah. during this time, we all, I know for me, I feel like I have to put on this great big show as a mom and, and make sure, you know, and so I have to, so I take the traditions of my own mother that was very extravagant on that I now have to carry on because of some shame or guilt if I don't, right? So I think like creating my own, memories my own stuff that I don't have to do everything right. um you know and I and and that it's okay for my kids to see me not okay I don't have to put on a show and to talk about it so if I'm feeling down or I'm feeling disconnected or I'm feeling I feel especially lonely sometimes I think especially being a single mom and my kids are in bed and it's eight o'clock at night and or nine or whatever and now I'm throwing on a Hallmark movie and I'm crying because I'm single and my life isn't what I thought it would be at 40. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. ah, so it's like, it's like being able to talk about that, that I'm not alone. Like the, I, I, when I got clean, I realized like I'm never alone. And so reaching out and, and talking about it with the people around me really helps me. And then finding people that are on social media, like social media is a, it's a curse and it's a gift, right? So like yeah. finding people that I find inspiration through and like really focusing on that. Yeah. Yeah. Stay connected. Yeah. Stay connected. Stay connected. All the time. Yeah. yeah. For and me, do and service. It, like, yeah, that's why I do this shit because it's not because like, it's super fun for me. Like service for me, isn't um like, it's not, <laughs> It's very selfish in a way, right? Like sure. my service is very selfish because I do it because it, yeah, it feels good. And sometimes it doesn't, but it helps me stay clean. It helps me get yep. through the day. It gives me a purpose in the day. And then I'm not focused on my own thoughts that are just ran over and over and over again. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alexis, if, uh, people want to connect to you, find out about, man, you were, I, I don't even know all the organizations you're working with now. sounds like you've added about another dozen since we last spoke. Um, just easiest way maybe to get a hold of you if, uh, if they wish to contact you or find out. Yeah, more. I'm on TikTok now, um, at Alexis Nicole official, um, and Alexis Nicole official on Instagram. Um, and then the organization is recovery kids with a Z.com. Um, but yeah, you can reach out to me on, on Instagram or TikTok. Very often I get banned on TikTok for stuff. Like I get, I can't comment back or message back because I talk about stuff that 
like this. And then people are like, oh, we're going to yeah. report her. But um, Instagram is <laughs> probably easier to connect with. Yeah. Yeah. We don't like the narrative you have. It doesn't match up with ours. No need to listen. Block. I I yell at people, though, on videos. So if you want to watch me yell at people, come over to TikTok and watch me yell at people, because I think that's a good time. It, as long as it's not me, I'm all right with it. No, no. It's, those, it's the, yeah, anyways, I get myself in trouble. That's uh, all right. Uh, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, Alexis, thank you so much. God, I love your passion. I, re I really do. Um, passion is everything in this, you know, and, and I, and I wish there was, I mean, we do have a lot of people out there with it, but man, you're, you're, you're the top, you're the top of my list on it. Keep it up, keep up the good work. I am so happy to have met you. We'll have you on again sometime. And I hope you have just a great Christmas. And by the way, there's going to be somebody in your life very soon. I'm sure. Okay. I mean, it's been seven years. I'm okay. Like I, my picker's broken. I'm good. Like it's okay. The ones I pick are not the good ones. So let's just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> goodness. Uh. Well, thank you, Alexis. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And I, you know, thank you for all the work that you do. And if you guys ever need anything from, you know, whatever, politically or not politically, whatever, just let me know. Yep, same here. If you ever need us up there, we're, we can come up there. Fight the good fight. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at Pain Nonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction. This podcast contains the views and opinions of hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page.